coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. How can money do the most possible good for the world? And I started looking into that question and I found meaning in that question. I, I realized that I was grown up in this family with very humanistic values, charity, helping others, but I had focused on building a casino company, marketing, making millions for myself, not thinking one bit for other people. So I found myself walking back on the line of my family values in a sense I'm like, okay, I want to give back. And I found a lot of meaning and fulfillment in that. And that's kind of where the idea of great.com comes from. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Past the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Eric Bergman from great.com. Now, if you know anything about domains, you know acquiring a a domain name like great.com is incredibly expensive and incredibly difficult. So Eric is actually a young guy and he's already had great success uh, in his entrepreneurial career. Uh, He's helped grow his previous company to about 300 employees and a $200 million valuation. And he stepped away from that to create great.com whose goal is incredibly lofty based basically what they are trying to or what they what they are positioning themselves to be able to do is donate 100% of their profits to climate change initiatives. So, I mean, his his goals and the reasons behind it are incredibly, incredibly interesting. So if you have a desire to make a an impact, make a business that is bigger than yourself, you need to listen to Eric. He's an incredibly, incredibly powerful uh positive personality. Uh, It was a lot of fun talking to him and learning about some of the trials and tribulations that he went through to grow his initial company to uh, a $200 million valuation. And then learning some of those challenges that they have today with positioning themselves uh, going after such a lofty goal uh, as they are right now and trying to impact uh, the environment the way that he is. So without further ado, here is Eric Bergman on Pass the Secret Sauce. Okay, so there is such a huge contrast between my dinner table growing up and my fiance's dinner table. (laughs) And it's something that I never reflected upon before I saw the way her dinner table is. So we can start by describing her dinner table. Okay. She's grew up with a mother and a father and three sisters. Uh, the youngest, it's only six years of age difference between the youngest and the oldest. Uh, so whenever you're at their place, it's so much giggling, it's so much <laughs> laughter, it's so much energy and chaos. And when you come to my dinner table, uh, it's I come from a political family. They've uh-huh. been involved with lots of different charities. 
often talking about like Israel-Palestine conflict and, and these kinds of topics. It's very, very different worlds. We spoke about, we, we usually had dinner together. It was important to wear a t-shirt or something on your upper body. I remember uh -huh. I wasn't allowed to <laughs> come in bare-skinned. And we usually had serious dinner conversations about challenges of humanity. Wow, that's interesting. What, what did your parents do? What, I mean, obviously, that was a passion of theirs that they, they brought that home and talked about that at the table. So, yeah, so my, my father has always been very involved with politics. He was, I'm from Sweden, uh, and he was early on in like uh, the Vietnam protests and stuff like that, a lot of that in the, in the 70s. And then he just stayed within the, uh, the political realm. He's been communist, engaged in a lot of communism stuff. Mm -hmm. And my mother more or less tagged along. Uh, they met, I don't know, 40 years ago. Uh, and she followed him into politics. And she has always been a wonderful woman, warm heart, big heart. So she cared a lot about humans uh, in general. So those are the things that they kind of, that passion. My mom works as a physiotherapist. And my father used to work in social services. He's mm -hmm. retired now. So they both have very human jobs. Yeah, obviously that influenced you with some of your, uh, your your goals and objectives that you're you're striving for today. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I, great. I could see at least now. I stepped away from their values for a long time, but I can yeah. see that I'm back on track. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, did you have a lot of entrepreneurial type tendencies as a, as a child? I mean, obviously you've you've done a lot at a very young age. And we'll get to that in a, in a minute, but I'm, I'm curious to see if that entrepreneurial spirit was sort of instilled in you as well from a young age. Yes, I can, I can share a story and I'm standing outside of this big, big door and I really don't want to be here, but I, I made a promise and, and I'm there and I'm knocking on this store and I hear steps coming from the other side, I'm just looking up at this door and I just wanna run away. And this really grumpy old man opens and he looks at me and looking up at him and I, I start singing Jingle Bells, four years old. And my older brother has dragged me out to sing Christmas carols because he figured that with this cute little boy, we're gonna get some coins. Yeah, And, and we did. So it was the first time I sang Christmas carols and we kept doing that every Christmas for a long time, me and my older brothers. It was always his ideas. We got some money, some, ca some candy and everything like that. And he had so many ideas. I was just tagging along. We were selling bread, lottery tickets, a lot of lottery tickets. We were collecting soda cans, because in Sweden, if you return to the store, you get five cents each. And we collected so many soda cans. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So it, it was all his ideas. I was always just tagging along but yeah there have been entrepreneurial ventures one way or another from four years of age and yeah. continuously i love it i love it that's fantastic talk a little bit about the, the the first company that you started and you know obviously it's in the the casino gaming industry how did you how did you get involved in that and you know was there there's some kind of a catalyst that brought you there yeah, so the first six companies I started failed and were okay. not in the in the casino industry. I started businesses about all kinds of things. I tried to be a party planner, started a printing business, a small web agency, a lunch guide, a humor website, all of them failed. But I early on I fell in love with poker. 
So when I was 16, uh, a friend of mine had a poker software on his calculator and I started playing. And since then I was madly in love with poker. So I bought this poker chips kit and we started playing in school. And I pretty soon started playing with a fake idea, uh, ID online. And I got really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, so I made a living playing poker for between the ages of 18 and 20, 21. Wow. Uh, so that's what got me into the, the affiliate space as well. Because if you're playing professional poker, you pay somewhere between five and $10,000 a month in fees. Mm -hmm. And if you have good connections with a poker room, you can get 50% of that back. So I got that back for myself and I started to get that deal to other people taking a little piece mm -hmm. uh, in between. And suddenly I started making advertising for, for poker. And that poker room also had casino sites and bingo sites. And then I started marketing casino and bingo. Wow. And that's kind of how I, I got into it. So it all came from a mad love affair, affair with, with the game of poker. Wow, that's, that's amazing. So you were, are, are you actually sit, physically sitting at a table or is this all online that you're, you're basically doing this? I was mainly playing online, but was, <laughs> most of it was online, but it was also uh, playing with all the criminals of my hometown. <laughs> so I'm, I'm from a, a small town in Sweden with 125,000 people. Mm -hmm. So it was me, like two other white guys, uh, like very white Swedish online poker players, and then a lot of shady half gangster people, mm -hmm. drug dealers, and all kinds of things. Yeah. In this totally illegal poker club. So that's where I was playing and winning more than was probably safe to do, but yeah. it turned out well. So, so you obviously were, were good at, at poker as well. Any, any tips or, or what did you learn? What made you so good at, at, at poker? How did you? How did you beat some of these? So the, f the first thing that's important for any success, I believe, is passion. I, I loved what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was dreaming about poker. I was thinking about poker in the shower. All of the, I, I kind of changed all my friends to poker players because I just wanted to talk about poker. And when you're that much into anything, you will get good. Mm -hmm. So that was the like, key element. Enjoy it and mm -hmm. find things that you enjoy. Then I had a natural talent for math. I had a natural talent for psychology. Uh, so those things obviously helped out. But I think the by far most important thing was just I loved the game. Yeah. Uh, and that took me a long way. What, what was your game? What did you always play? Texas Hold'em. Hold so I started playing in 2004 or 5 when poker started to be everywhere on the TV yeah. and when everyone else was starting. That's excellent. That's excellent. So, so you've talked a little bit about how you got involved uh, or how you started the first company. Obviously, it grew very, very quickly and you had to scale out your teams and, and all of that. Can you talk a little bit about some of those initial challenges? You know, how did you choose who came online with you first or who came on board with you first? You know, talk about some of those initial growth challenges that you overcame. Yeah, so, so to, to give some context to that as well, we started the business in in 2008 or something. The first two years was just a hobby. Mm -hmm. uh, we made $1,000 the first year. So it didn't start very quickly. I think we made $10,000 the second year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we made maybe 30,000 the third year. And then, I don't know, maybe 300,000 the fourth year, something mm -hmm. like that. And the fourth year we took on investors and that's when we started doing casino, but we had done a lot of stuff before then. So from the outside, 
it looks like the business started in 2012 when in reality it started in 2008. Okay. But from 2012 and onwards, we started hiring a lot of people. So we took on investors and up until then, it was more of a hobby. It was me and my childhood friend Emil, some computer genius uh, who had built everything. We had no employees, no team, but we built it to a place where we made about $30,000, $40,000 a month in profit, mm -hmm. just the two of us. And then we took on investors who wanted us to go all in on casino. Up until then, we were doing all kinds of different marketing. And that's when they came in and this, these investors had these big dreams and big visions of we, what we could do. Mm -hmm. So we hired 10 people over the first six months, got a big office, took on way too much expenses. And the main struggle came from me completely calculating wrong on when we would start making money. Mm -hmm. So we almost went bankrupt because, well, I had completely miscalculated how long it would take to turn things around. Yeah. So the first big lesson from there was like, don't try and hire a lot of people at the same time, just because it looks like it will work mm -hmm. grow slowly. Cause I almost, I almost killed myself. Uh, with that, uh, not literally, but almost. So I had a bottle of whiskey next to my bed because I was so stressed up. I couldn't mm -hmm. sleep if I didn't drink. I, I remember like lying sweaty at night, just moving around my bed, couldn't fall asleep because I had so many things going on in my head. And so all of these came from working way too much, not mm -hmm. prioritizing health or relationships. And first year, it, yeah, we almost went bankrupt. Second year, it turned around. It started to go really, really well. And then the next challenge is this came from just keeping focus. 2013 was a really horrible year. We almost went bankrupt. 14, 15, 16, everything we touched became gold. We hired, we went from zero people in 2012 to 12 people to 30 people to 80 people or something like that. And then two years later, we're 300. Wow. Uh, it's, it's tricky, yeah. <laughs> all of it. So, so, and thank you for, for being honest there too, with, you know, kind of the ins and outs of, of entrepreneurialism. You know, so many people think that it is just this you know, skyrocket thing straight up, but, uh, most I mean, certainly yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately I've, I've been in the, uh, you know, I've been down low before as well and, and, uh, yeah, not a fun place to be, but you know, you learn from all those experiences though, too. So, you know, you're a stronger person now and you recognize, you know, that this is all part of the struggle, all part of the challenge and, and being able to offer those experiences to other people you know, who are you know, potentially going through the exact same thing is, is incredibly valuable. Yeah. So, so you, you scaled this by bringing in investors. Were you, did you guys actually go out and seek these investors or did they find you or how did that? Yes, we actually didn't want investors at all. Yeah. Uh, they found us uh, by accident. So my, we moved to Malta in 2010 and Malta is like an online Las Vegas kind of place where all the online casinos are based. Mm -hmm. Everyone here works in online gambling one way or another. And my girlfriend, she uh, worked as a nanny. So she didn't want to work for the gambling companies. We moved here. I was 21. She wasn't 18, no, 22 and 19. So mm -hmm. she was very young and she worked as a nanny for uh, a big shot in the gambling industry. And he had just sold his company for 60, $70 million, something like that. And he wanted to invest. So she, he found out about us because he spoke to, to Johanna, my fiance. And I had lunch with him and he's like really wanted to invest and see what they could do. So 
we didn't need money. We were making thirty, forty thousand dollars a month in profits with no staff, no anything. But we wanted to build something real. We wanted to have a team. We didn't know how to do that. We wanted to see what could happen. So they actually didn't invest in the company. They bought shares from us because we didn't need any extra cash flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't look for investors at all. But the main value that they added was big visions and goals that we didn't fathom that you could even have. Mm-hmm. And they became role models. It's like money wasn't really driving us anymore because once you make $40,000 a month, you can't really do that much more with 50 or 60. Yeah. So we already reached what money could do in, in a wonderful way, but we wanted their attention. It was a main driver to just impress these people, to get mm-hmm. their pat on the back. That meant more than $10,000 did which might sound insane, but that's, I guess that's how the human brain is wired. We are mm-hmm. so, we're wired to like look up to other people and we're wired to do things they like. So I think that was the main thing that kept us going was kind of getting their approval. Mm-hmm. They became mentors and role models in that. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. You know, like you said, you had everything that you needed. So this was kind of the next step in validation for you, you know, basically yeah. getting the approval of other people. So no, that's that's interesting. So so you've you eventually end up selling that that company, correct? Yeah, we you took know. the company to the stock exchange. So it uh, we took it to the st- uh, Nasdaq stock exchange in Sweden. Uh, on my 28th birthday, actually. Well, wow. both me and Emil, my business partner, we're born on the same day in the same hospital by parents who knew each other. So we've <laughs> wow, been that's great. friends for a while. <laughs> so on both of our 28th birthday, uh, we took the company to the stock market. And on the stock market, I sold a lot of my shares. Now I've sold all of them, so continuously. But that was in 2016. So I've been been out of the business since 2017. Okay, okay. And... and- you eventually came back to your roots, some of your some of the things that your uh, parents instilled in you and bought great.com. Talk a little yes. bit about what you're doing with, with great, great.com and some of the things that you're participating in today and what great.com's sure. mission is. Yeah, sure. So to back off a little bit, I sold shares for about $15 million the first day and I sold more since then and realized that I was I, I had always had this drive to make money. I wanted to get there and I felt once I get there, I'll be happy. But I woke up and I, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, don't get me wrong, money is amazing. It can solve a lot of your problems, but it doesn't solve a neglected health. It doesn't solve neglected relationships. It doesn't solve a lot of other things. And I felt that I had been, I was lost. I didn't know really what to to do, why, why to wake up or what to accomplish. So I woke up a couple of weeks after this IPO, taking the company public and just feeling sick and didn't really know what to do. Uh, and I was miserable for quite some time with that. I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend uh, I ended up looking for purpose. And I went on a trip to, to Africa mm-hmm. to visit a school that I had helped fund. And visiting this school and after the day i spent time with Toshin was the main guy who was he was the hero in this uh, this trip and he told me that in this school the kids never got beaten up mm. and to me that was like of course kids doesn't get beaten up uh, but to me that was obvious but here it wasn't obvious everywhere else in this village and in around here the kids got beaten up in school wow. and that was like huh 
So this is something money can do. I can help build a school where kids are safe. And that kind of ticked something in me that I hadn't thought about before. Before money was about what can I buy for me? What can I do for me? How can this do things for me? And that trip changed that perspective, like how can I, how can money do the most possible good for the world? And I started looking into that question and I found meaning in that question. I, I realized that I was grown up in this family with very humanistic values, charity, helping others, but I had focused on building a casino company, marketing, making millions for myself, not thinking one bit for other people. So I found myself walking back on the line of my family values in a sense, I'm like, okay, I wanna give back. And I found a lot of meaning and fulfillment in that. And that's kind of where the idea of great.com comes from. So I realized that I'm not very good with charity or I'm not good at building schools. I'm not good at, researching AIDS or malaria or stuff like that, but I'm good at building businesses and I enjoy building businesses. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business. Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, Give Virtus Technology a call today. So great.com is a business where we will give away 100% of the profits to charity. So it's going to be an, a marketing company where my vision is that it's going to be very, very big over the next 50 years. And I'm never going to sell this business. I'm never going to put it on the stock market. I want to build something for the rest of my life where we're giving away 100% of the profits to focus mainly on the climate change right now because i believe that that's the biggest mm -hmm. problem humanity has ever faced yeah no i agree agree so what you said that it was going to be a marketing type company what what types of services are you going to offer with this what, what types of businesses are you going to serve or industries are you going to participate so, in yeah so my goal is to build the most trusted brand in the world because uh, I believe that there isn't one single brand that people trust in general. If I say what's the most trusted brand, maybe Amazon, but I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there isn't really anyone that, that is trust. Yeah. And still trust is such an essential part of being human. Like everyone knows what trust means. It's what we're looking for in all relationships. If we trust someone, that's where we feel safe. And still no company represents trust. So what I want to accomplish is someone, a company that compares all kinds of products and we can start with headphones. So I'm looking mm -hmm. to buy headphones right now and I want to know which headphones are the best. And one way of doing that is checking like individual reviews on Amazon, but no one has tried 10 pairs. No one can tell me what's good, what's bad. Mm -hmm. And there isn't, if I'm Googling on it, everything is biased. Everyone is bored. No one is real. So I want to be that website where you can trust that actually tests all the headphones, for example, and say, these are the best ones. And that's the kind of business model I've been working for before in the casino space. Like these are the best ones. 
but they have all been uh, back then all reviews have been biased because that's how the industry works. Mm -hmm. But if we're giving away all our profits, we're giving away the money we make, we still do advertising and collaborations with all of these brands, but we have no finance, we, we have no investors to please. We have no stock market to please. Mm -hmm. All the profits will go to charity. And you know that. So hopefully you will come to us to learn about headphones or whatever you have in the future uh, and find what you trust. So we want to get to a point where we're testing all different kinds of products from headphones to email providers to, I mean, 50 years from now, I know Mars trips <laughs> and things like that and comparing it and give you the results and then earn money on commission. So we will still get paid by all the providers that we do. And we're starting this in the casino space. So we're starting from casino right now, giving these kind of reviews in starting in New Jersey and in Sweden, where we're testing the casinos, testing who has the best customer support, fastest withdrawals and payments, best bonus offers and things like that. And give the same kind of service there, which might be contradictory to charity or to trust because gambling isn't really the most trusted industry. But we believe that if there is one industry where charity is needed, that's mm -hmm. within that space because that money is not going to go to charity otherwise. And if there is one place, if you can build trust in a space like casino, you can build trust anywhere else. So it's a hard place to start. And it's also where I have all my experience and all my previous relationships. So right now we're building this for casino and focusing on creating the most trusted brand within casino. But in the long term, we're not a casino company. We're a trust company. I love that. I love that. That's really interesting. And it, it, it kind of made me, so I was going through some of your, your Instagram feeds and it, it made me remember one that you, uh, that you said. So it was, I wish helping people was cooler than sports cars and private jets. If it was rich people would act differently. So that, that really does encapsulate what, what it is that you're trying to do. I mean, you basically are not looking for any, you know, self accolades or, or, you know, improving your own life. I mean, bringing, you know, giving everything away to you know, climate type, type businesses. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, so what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now? Obviously you're falling back on your, your background in the casino industry. What are some of the next steps or some of the hurdles that you have to, to jump over at this point to reach, you know, kind of the next stage? So what I'm trying to do now, or what we are trying to do is we're trying to reinvent how how the search engines uh, operate. So basically the entire industry of making money online that is based on search, which is what, what I've been doing, is based on how do you hack Google's algorithm in a short and high risk manner? That's what pretty much everyone does. And to rank high up in Google is more or less only about what kind of links can you get pointed to your website? So how can you buy the links or in one way or another fake the links? That's what mm -hmm. pretty much everyone does. And that's what I got really good at with my previous businesses. How do I scale that? Uh, manipulating Google's algorithms. And now what I'm trying to do with Great, what we're trying to do with Great is to build something that is not manipulative, that is actually playing with Google all the way. Mm -hmm. Because now we're not trying to make as much money as possible in one year. We're trying to build something that's going to be around for 50 years. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to trick Google for 50 years. But that also means that we're fighting against all the people who are using all the dirty tricks in the book, mm -hmm. which is basically like going out in the UFC and everyone else that you're going to compete with has eaten shitloads of anabola steroids 
and trying to beat them, which is really, really tricky right now. And I haven't figured out how to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's our main challenge right now is kind of reinventing a strategy where we can compete with them. And one way of doing that is, for example, podcasts, because we have a more interesting story than anyone else marketing casino. Mm-hmm. So we can be invited on podcasts and get links and publicity by doing podcasts where their competitors can't. And hopefully we'll be able to do that on a larger scale, get more publicity than others. So we might get real articles in the New York Times or whatever for the things we do mm-hmm. when our competitors would never get that because the New York Times wouldn't link to a regular casino marketing company. Yeah. So our big challenge here is reinventing these things and coming up with strategies that are completely fair, not trying to trick anyone, but where we can utilize a brand and our story and giving everything away to get people more interested in wanting to collaborate with us. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't figured it out yet. So, so are, you, are, you, are you expecting great.com to essentially be a search engine, more or less, that, that they would go into? Or is it, is it a website where, again, they, they have the ability to be able to search within the website and get the information that they Yes, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a website. In, I mean, it's going to be a search engine in the same sense that Amazon is a search engine. True. I mean, it's a search engine but you search everything within Amazon yeah. and it would be the same thing here where we hopefully, I mean, once again, 50 years from now, that's Amazon is a 25 year old company. So 50 years is a ridiculously long time frame when you think about tech companies. And I see it then as something where you could find reviews and tests about every single product there is. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I love that. I love that. What, uh, so what are some of the organizations that you want to, fund or that you want to, to, you know, deposit your earnings so one, into? So we're very focused on the climate change and we're very focused on data driven, data driven charities. Unfortunately, a lot of charities are not driven by the brain. They're driven by the heart, mm-hmm. but there are some organizations that are completely driven by the brain and do really cool things. And one organization that I'm particularly interested in right now is called clean air task force. It's an American organization that works with looking at, okay, what are the big levers of society that you can turn that has to do with climate change? Mm -hmm. And they're looking at this from a political and like a lobbyism perspective and how do you get the big companies to care about this? So one thing, for example, that we're working with them right now and helping funding is they want to change the engines of the shipping industries, like all these big ships, all Mm -hmm. of them go on diesel engines. Mm Uh, And diesel engines obviously are horrible for the climate change. And they could fairly easily be turned into ammonia engines instead. And ammonia is not letting out any carbon dioxide. It's only letting out hydrogen. So you can do that. But it's, and it's not a very expensive thing. And ammonia is one of the most produced chemicals already because you have it in all the fertilizers. Mm -hmm. So there is already a lot of ammonia. But you would then need all the shipping companies to want to do this change and you would need all the harbors in the world to kind of provide ammonia because if you're not solving those two things you're in a bit of a catch-22 so what they're working on now for example is to get huge companies like amazon and ikea and nike companies that do a lot of shipping that buys a lot of shipping services to say hey guys we want to buy carbon neutral fuel because that would then give the shipping industry an incentive to change their engines to ammonia because they could get these big companies as clients and these big companies can tell to their customers like, hey, we're carbon neutral, which a lot of companies want to be able to say. Mm-hmm. And that way create these incentives to make sure that industry does it. 
So this organization works to get conversations going with these big companies, get the shipping industry, get everyone involved. And the shipping industry has somewhere between two and a half and 5% of all the carbon dioxide. So two and a, oh, somewhere between two and a half and 5% uh, of all climate change is due to the shipping industry. And one of the big challenges there is that it happens on international waters. So no country ah. wants to be responsible for dealing with it. So it kind of becomes the challenge of the entrepreneurs to solve if someone's going to solve it. And this organization does really cool things about coming up with new solutions here, new engines, getting these things happen. So Clean Air Task Force, CTAF.us, no, CATF.us is their website and they're doing amazing things. Interesting. So are they actually getting involved in the engineering of the, of the engines as well? Or is it they, they're basically getting the, the different parties to talk? Yeah, they're getting the different parties to talk. Uh, so they're doing all the research, to come up with what things to do. And they've, they've been around for 25 years. So they have done similar thing in, in different parts of the, uh, in, in the industry. They started because they wanted to get cleaner air from coal plants. Mm-hmm. So the coal plants were letting out so much horrible shit in the world. And they started 25 years ago because they wanted filters and stuff on that air so it wouldn't be let out. And then they've been transitioning since then till, until climate change. I love it. Wow, that's really interesting. So your your next step with, with great.com is, is, again, working on this, you know, solving this problem for connecting these different these different groups together more or less and and you know doing it in a way that no one can can game the system are you yourself looking for investment in the company itself or is this basically all going to be self-funded bootstrapped you know from yes i'm I'm funding everything myself i made about 50 million dollars from the things that I've done before. So I don't need anyone to fund it. And we're going to give away 100% of the profits. It's pretty yeah. hard sell to investors. Right, it's like, right. do you want to invest in something where you have zero chance of getting the money back? Yeah. And most people don't want to invest in that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's all going to be funded by me. I'm hoping that we will reach a break-even point sometime next year. But we'll see. I'm, I'm in no rush. This is my, my life project and we don't have that high of a burn rate. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 really really cool. What is there anything that you can think of that you need help with that you might, you know, throw out into the world and and see if you know it might might come back to you at this point? So we want publicity. So once again, ranking high up in Google will be a key element for us, and you do that by getting links. So whatever publicity we can get is great. If that's in podcasts and getting a link from your websites or if someone wants to write about us in some kind of newspaper or things like that, that's super beneficial for our cause because uh, we don't want to cheat the system by buying the links or faking the websites, mm-hmm. which is the industry norm. We want to earn this attention. So anything that brings us attention is, is worth a lot for us. Fantastic. So scream from the rooftops about great.com. Yeah. That's, I love it. I, I love the story. I love your, I love everything that you've, uh, that you've been doing and, and you know, this is fantastic. If people wanted to learn more about you, the mission, anything like that, what would you say the best way for people to, uh, to reach out and get in touch would be? So I'm very active on Instagram and, and Twitter uh, under the handle smiling Eric, Eric with a K. And we also run our own podcast, uh, which is me and 
Emil, who uh, was the first one joining me Integrate, where we talk a lot about the journey of building a company, but we also talk a lot about entrepreneurial tips and personal development and growth and things like that called becominggreat.com. So some of the episodes are like deep into what are the problems of the company right now? What have we learned? What have we failed at? And other things are just how do you make your first thousand dollars online and kind of where did I start? How did I start? And that's like a great episode for anyone to listen to on a make money and get further. So that's becominggreat.com. You can find it on, on YouTube or on Spotify or wherever there are podcasts. Love it. I love it. Eric, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for the time. And I didn't want to get into do, going down the, you know, the personal growth side of things and health and all of that, because that's a whole other conversation um, that maybe we can have sometime <laughs> Take that in the next future. Time. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love, I love all the, you know, biohacking and, you know, sleeping and, and all of that. So love it. I love it. No, Eric, this is fantastic. Again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Matt. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.